Let's go back. I know they're excited. They got to last Sunday again today. Thank God for our Sunday school teachers. Man, to impart the Word of God into their hearts and minds and spirit. Um, they're, they're no doubt being an instructor of the most important thing in their lives. That's the Word of God, the Word of truth. Not just the Word of God, but the Word of truth. The rightly dividing the Word of truth is how Paul wrote to Timothy. Study show yourself unproved unto God. A lot of people studying the Word of God. A lot of people fulfilling classes all across this nation. But how many is actually dividing the Word of truth? Imparting it into our children's hearts, minds, and spirit. Amen. So I know we got a new lesson this morning, a new book. If you hadn't have got one, get one. Uh, but it's going to follow right in with last week's lesson. And so you're not too far off all said and done as we uh, unfold this lesson today. I mean, he's thankful for the new covenant. Man, man, that it's written on the tables of heart, flesh now, not on the tables of stone. Man, thank God it's written upon each one of us that will help give us that endued power. Uh, to live a victorious life, an overcoming life. And, and I'm telling you what, we need a good baptism of the Holy Ghost in our land. Amen. For the power of God and the Spirit of God to baptize us, to fall upon us. Uh, that's one of my desires and passions, even for this local assembly, is for the Holy Ghost to manifest itself, the power of God to be among us. Amen. And it would just baptize our services. It's by His Spirit that we're drawn. It's by His Spirit also that we are kept in so many circumstance situations. And you and I both know by experience, man, some of our most trying times. The real answer is a prayer room, is a place of, um, of getting along with Him and allowing Him, called Jesus Christ, the Holy Ghost, the power of God, to saturate us and to move upon our behalf and to help us, to guide us, uh, secure. One word is used in the scriptures, comforter. He promised that he wouldn't leave us comfortless. Amen. But uh, he would go with us in the highways and the byways. Um, man, uh, we, we're going to see in the lesson today that know we not that he a what? A temple of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And a vessel of God. Amen. And, um, no doubt, thank God for the stirring. We all need to be stirred. Stirred for that which is good. Stirred to uh, God to help me to be who and what you want me to be. Sensitive unto you, vigilant, sober. We, the writers brought all this and not to let slip. Again, the writer says the things that we've been taught, the things that we've been instructed, the things that we have, Paul talks about in one place, seen and heard. Amen. That he demonstrated unto Timothy and Titus. He encouraged them not to let the calling, the election. Amen. To make it sure. Amen. And so all of this is heavy upon us. Why? I, one reason is because the world that we're living and the times that we're living, uh, Jesus called us of the four types of soil. And one of them, and our good evangelist mentioned this the other night to a certain degree. And he talks about one of the soils uh, that allow the cares of life to choke out the word of God. Amen. And for the word to be effective and for us to produce, amen, the fruit of the Holy Ghost, we have to give ourselves unto it. Uh, farmers will tell you, and I know they change a lot of methods and a lot of ways, and they can plant so much more and, 
and reap so much more. But yet there are certain basic things that are a must that must take place. And uh, for that to happen and take place, it doesn't just magically happen. Uh, I have a feeling a lot of times, and I've been guilty of this, thinking it was just going to magically take place. Man, when you got the Holy Ghost, everything's just going to flow. And uh, you wouldn't have no trials, no heartaches, and no troubles, man. You'll just, you'll just keep your foot on that serpent, and you'll just, man, life will be at ease. But uh, it's, it's really when you get into it and get involved into it, and it's really in the spiritual realm, and start being effective in the manner of the way that God wants you to be, it becomes a battleground. And your mind is one of the places where that battle takes place so often. A man is in the mind, the mind, girding up the mind. The scriptures taught us this. The helmet of salvation, other places, a part of the armor that you read about in Ephesians, the sixth chapter. Amen. So we got a good lesson here today uh, that's going to tie in the handwriting on the heart. The handwriting not on the wall, but on the heart. Not on stone, but on the heart. What's written on the heart? Why is that so important? Jesus Christ himself taught us. He said, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Your passions, desires. A man comes out of the flow of the heart, all said and done. A man, you got the mind and the heart, but both of these are interchangeable. And so what the mind dwells on. Scriptures taught us to have what kind of mind? Have the mind of Christ. And even Christ, who was equal God, but not did not a man uh, possess or, or demonstrate him that way. Became a servant, became even obedient unto death and the death of the cross. He was willing to take that curse, even though he could have called twelve legions, and even though he could have done differently. But thank God he didn't. But he chose to, to obey the Father and to obey the power of God. And we're not preaching two there. There's one, but God is a spirit. Jesus Christ is the only son. He is the lamb. He's the only God that you're going to see is Jesus Christ. There's only one, one throne. Amen. And so thank God that God provided himself a sacrifice called Jesus Christ. The Holy Ghost overshadowed Mary and broke forth a son that was prophesied 500 years prior. Amen. A child, a son is going to be born and given unto us. And he's going to be the one that's going to take away the sins from the world. And amen. And so the, the law of sin, the law of sin. And so when you start connecting the dots. Amen. You're going to see again, as we taught last week, the power of the Holy Ghost. And we focus a lot, amen, and even some of the same scriptures that we got this week. Acts 2, amen, 1 through 4, the day of Pentecost, and it's fully come. Amen. This is when the, the text lesson that we have, the, the focus verse out of Jeremiah, amen. And we're going to see 31, 33, that what he's talking about. This is when it unfolded. This is when it transpired and took place. And, and so there's a lot, amen, of this lesson. And here this morning that uh, that must be experienced. It's not one to just have the head knowledge of it, but it takes the heart experience of it. And there is a difference between the two. <laughs> Praise God. You're a little hesitant on me, I think. Amen. I could tell you some people's had a head experience, but not a heart experience. They know the scriptures, they know how to quote them. They even have a true understanding far as, as they have been instructed of what to say and how to say it. But their heart was never changed. And it shows up. It begins to show up in a lifestyle. It begins to show up in what they have a passion for and desire for. And here's, here's the problem with that. Here's the biggest problem with that. The absence of the Spirit of God in an individual's life 
And if they're in leadership, if they're in leadership, and especially if they stand behind the pulpit as the pastor, the absence of the Spirit of God begins to show up in services. And you and I both know that without the Spirit of God and the presence of God, Psalm this told us before we even got to the Holy Ghost, you can wake up early and stay up late. You put all the effort that you want to into it. But unless the Lord's in it, your labor and work is in vain. It's void. It's no good. Doesn't matter how purity it is. Doesn't how many people pat you on the back and tell you how well you've done. If God was not in the midst of it. It's empty. It's void. It's no good. So, and this has been one of my, my, my passions and desires, especially in the last few weeks and months. Amen. The, the power of God, the presence of the Lord. I don't grieve the Holy Ghost. I want to quince it. I want, to, I want the Holy Ghost to be welcomed, welcomed into my life, even the correcting part of it. I want it. I want to welcome it. I want to hear that voice of correction. And I want to receive the correction, amen, that, that God wants to send my direction. I want to receive it, amen. I want to, I want to make the correction too. Hallelujah. And um, not only do I want to be uh, brought out of darkness, but I want to be brought out of what pulled me into that darkness. That influence, that passion, whatever it was that caused me to get off of the straight and narrow. And found myself down a side road. Now there's different things that can happen that can cause this. But thank God for, for truth and the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is going to tell us truth. And the Holy Ghost will not instruct us things that's contrary to what's in here. And so that's why it's so important to read and study what's in the book. This is the most precious thing. You and I can possess the tangible thing. Uh, it's a God's book unto man. And, and to help us along this path. And keep us balanced. And keep us in the right connection. On the right course. Um, come on. If Paul was willing to go back and visit churches. And sometimes we believe the scripture lets us know even 14 years later. Why? Because he was afraid that they may have been beguiled as Eve was in the garden. And Jesus Christ warned us, in the end time, this is going to even propel more. People to be deceived. I don't want to be deceived. Neither do I want to deceive people. Amen. So, the handwriting on the heart. Praise God, the heart, the heart, the heart. Amen. The place. This is the core being. This is, this is really who and what we are when nobody's looking. When nobody's observing. To have that, that, that type of passion. That, that type of love affair. That type of friendship. That, that type of fellowship. That I don't have to have all the eyes ever around me and that's when I can, I can be pleasing to God but it's in those times that when I'm just all by myself <laughs> and I'm on this or on that and, 
And we face it more than we want to admit to today. Even as apostolics. With technology. And so we're going to learn in the lesson today. Amen. A part of this. The circumcision. And now it's not the outward circumcision. But it's the circumcision of the heart. The cutting away of flesh. And the continual dying out to the flesh and to the carnal man. We have to deal with him. Amen. We had a pretty busy week this week, didn't we? Spent a lot of time, had a lot of midnight hours getting in the bed and still had to get up and go to work. And I'll be honest with you, it showed up Friday night. <laughs> Man, I was beat. I was done. When that service got over, I was ready to go. I was ready to get, get our little group. And I said, hey, let's get in that van. Let's go to the house, man. I'm done. I'd love to stay. I'd love to. But, <laughs> but one day we're going to get a glorified body. And we won't be hindered by all of that. <laughs> Praise God. So the lesson, big idea is I will, allow the ho- I will allow. Catch that. You know, before you get the Holy Ghost, a lot of times, come on, we all got, we got preconceived ideas. We got how we think it's going to happen, how we think things are going to be. Sometimes we think these things ought to be that way sometimes, and we may even may want to push some ideas on others. <laughs> and sometimes we have a lot, you know, us reading the scripture warns us about that, not to think so highly of ourselves. Because some people think so highly of themselves, they think their way is the only way. And I could have stayed all day without getting on some of this, couldn't I? But that's the reason the Holy Ghost. That's the reason the Holy Ghost. Amen. To allow the Holy Ghost. It's not going to force. You've got to always remember, God is a gentleman. Now, he can arrange things, and he can allow things. But I will tell you something. A lot of times those things are allowed is because of our doings is what brought it about. It's not that God desired for that. The Bible suffered. That means he allowed it even though it was against his heartbeat and his will and his passion and even his call upon the nation or the individuals. Now that's one thing that makes this so powerful when you get to Jeremiah and the writings of Jeremiah about this covenant and about what's going to transpire and what's going to take place. And notice God used Jeremiah as a vessel here. Amen. And in a very particular time of Israel's life, because this is the same prophet that was telling them, going against all the prophets of Israel, the man-made prophets, those that was telling them what they wanted to hear, telling them that they wasn't going into Babylon, telling them that God was going to bless their fields, and God was going to bless their cities, and God was going to protect them, and God was going to put bull horns and irons on and push the enemy out. But all those was false doctrines and false teaching and out of the evil hearts and out of lying spirits. But Jeremiah was the one that would come. Tell them the best thing that you and I can do is to say, you know what? We're going to Babylon and we're going. We're not going to resist them. We're not going to fight against them. But we're going. Nobody likes to go in bondage. But it was a done deal and they was going. And so I believe even Daniel and the three Hebrews, and, and you know, that's the ones we hear the most about and read the most about, that, that even in Babylon they was willing, they purposed in their hearts. And again, watch that key word, heart. 
You could tell what you love, what you put your trust in, what you got your confidence in when tragedy, pandemics comes our way. To what it's going to do for our fellowship and our companionship and relationships. Even the writer, and, and I know I'm, 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 I got a lot, but I'm going to do my best here. In the Romans, and I'll get that in a minute. Let me. So, so notice that. I will allow the Holy Ghost to empower me to live the way God wants me to live. You know, that, you know, that little statement we've always heard, you know, don't do what I, what I do, but what I say, you know. It's, it's, it's easier to inform, instruct, and guide others in what they ought to do. But the real thing is, is what am I doing? How am I living? And not just in the house of God and before others, but at all times. Because, watch this. Jesus Christ himself taught us, he that prays in secret, he that commits himself and dedicates himself in secret and faithful to God in the secret, then God will openly. And so it's in the secret hearts, the chambers of the heart. It's in those places that, that search light and the power of the Holy Ghost to help us, to change it, to cut away that carnality, to cut away the callousness. And I'd love to tell you that, that none of us has to deal with that, but we all know better. With and without the Holy Ghost and life and pitfalls of life and what th things that unfolded and things that happened. And, but I find a theme through the scriptures that one of the most powerful things of what God does for individuals is when they, they had to experience bad deals. And they experienced things that they, they weren't guilty of. And they had to go through sacrifices and punishment and, and, and being accused of things that they weren't guilty. But they responded and handled it not like the world. But they allowed God that they believed in, even when they found themselves in dungeons and being false accused. They still let God, this Jehovah God, this Hebrew God, be their God. And they represented him that they could interpret dreams and they could make the stand in a place where they was going to be the few that was going to make the stand. And, you know, most of the Jews, in fact, a lot of them didn't even want to come back out of Babylon after being there for 70 years and building houses and planting vineyards. And they found a place of complacent. They found a place, but they didn't realize that, hey, Babylon's coming down. Babylon's going to be destroyed. So a lot of times God has to in our own personal lives, maybe take some things that we just leaned a little too much on. They would put a little too much confidence into it. 
And, and we allowed it, as Sister Buford said, we allow it to kind of get between us and the blesser. And the real provider and the supplier. Now you watch this. For us to really trust God and have the confidence to live for God. It's when we don't have any other means of our resources. You know, for somebody's washing machine, I can, I can use just this local assembly here. For some of you, if your washing machine tears up, man, it's a big deal. Because you don't have no resources or no finances to buy nothing. And them crazy things are high. <laughs> okay? But for others, it wouldn't be as near as big a deal. You, just, you could go and purchase another if you can find it. But we're watching our world today because you just heard what I said, if you can find it. You may go down to these big places where they used to have them on display. Walk in there now. Sir, we got this one. It's on display, but this is the only one we got, and it's not for sale. I could put you on a waiting list. What's the Holy Ghost going to be doing? <laughs> This is America, man. What's wrong with you? I've heard that lately. <laughs> Where America's turned her back on the supplier. America has, has took the word of God, done its best to drive it out of our courtrooms and out of our schools and trying to drive it out of our lives. But America's even finding out that really it wasn't our technology and that we were so smart, but because of the favor and the blessings of God and the nation that bounded herself and built herself upon the promises and the blessings of a God of this book, that's what made the difference. So, it's the same power of this word that we allowed. Watch this. The word, it's not the letter now, but by the spirit that we allowed to be written on the tables of our heart. That even when the odds are against me, and the enemy's trying to destroy me, and it looks like those that's walking in wickedness, Wickedness and darkness faring so much better. They drive better cars and they live in better homes and they don't seem to never get sick and their kids are doing this. And you tell me where the real test is at. Well, I'm fixing to say something here. When we was on the other side of the tracks. When we didn't have the big buildings, we used to be in revival seven nights a week. You know why? Because the power of God that would be in those services. I'm not. I'm just telling you what's what's unfold, what's happening. But we we by the help of God, we're going to go back. And we'll always work. I, I don't know if we'll ever go back to seven nights a week. And, and some of that's just the way the life is today. But, but here's the key. We're going to make sure that when we're here, we're going to make it count. I'm not going to be a busybody with somebody. 
I'm going to make sure if it lies within my power or my ability, I'm going to shove everything else aside, and I'm going to tell some of them enemies. Tell them ahead of time, we're going to have revival, or we're having service such and such a day. And now, if you want us to do it, it's going to be not these days. The power. I don't mean to get on that. I'll just go. So, the focus. Jeremiah 31, 33. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord. In other words, after man, he's coming back out of Babylon. He's going to set up, establish, and then they go rebuild the temple. But, but the real time is it's going to happen in Acts 2. But even the, the complete fulfillment of that, amen, is, is whenever we're raptured. And we're going to go to that city. The very first thing that the father of faith was pursuing Looking for. Anybody still looking for that city? <laughs> looking for that place, that moment when you won't have to worry about trials and, and troubles of any shape or any form. What a day that's going to be. We used to sing that, didn't we? After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts and write it in their hearts and will be their God and they shall be my people how many of us we want to be what we want to want to be the children of God I'm just going to mention the lesson connection here as he talks about possibly himself maybe or his parents I don't know it writer didn't really say he just talks about a couple that's uh, you can go back and read it but the real key of that is the heart I believe the real connection of that also is because I feel a lot of people lose out with God, amen, a lot of times because they're just not willing to be patient, to just wait around. I can take you to the rich man if he'd have waited around a little while and listened to what Jesus had to say. You know, with man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. Even you, rich man, you can be saved. With God. And um, so it's the heart. And he talked about how this couple, a man that was going to have this being, uh, you know, transition taking place from the west and the south to the north to the east and from one extreme to the other. And when they first showed up with after a couple of snowstorms and, you know, their heart really wasn't in it. He talks about a prearranged marriage. How would you like that? Some would say, I probably would do it. And some would say, I don't know. I, I praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. You're listening. I'm just checking. Hallelujah. Praise God. But uh, for the most part, we like that liberty of being able to choose, don't we? Hallelujah. But sometimes, you know, we don't like that liberty. Sometimes, you know, I've had people, you just tell me. You, you choose. I said, oh, no, especially when it comes to paints and colors and windows and doors. Oh, no, you choose. Hallelujah. You're picking it out. You ain't getting me in trouble. But anyway, and so here we are as, as they started this process and they, as they got there. But over a period of time, as they got involved, after a while, amen, those, they, they kind of enjoyed those cliffs and, they, and the weather itself and everything. Why? Because and now. It becomes home, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little and there a little. Our fellowship and companionship with God ought to increase. But if you let carnality 
And if you let the devil, it's going to look for any and every opportunity, amen, trying to destroy that. And it'll even cause you to believe things and hear voices and see things. Hallelujah. But thank God for the eye of Seth. Thank God, amen, that he'll help us. You know, I'm not going to pay no attention to that. I'm not going to give my mind to that. I'm not going to give my spirit to that because there's something written on my heart here now. Amen. There is a passion. There's, a, there's an experience. Amen. Now watch this. That's the reason it's so important of this Acts 2, 1 and 4 experience of Pentecost. Pentecost is an experience and the experience is the most important thing. This is a launching pad because with the, the likeness of the experience of the transforming power. Amen. You really can't finish the course. Because it is impossible even with hearing the gospel. Even having head knowledge of truth. You can quote Acts 2.38. You can read about and quote the scriptures that deals with Acts 8 and 10 and 19. But if the heart hadn't experienced it, and it was only the mind, you'll never be able to live the life. You'll never be able to walk the journey. You won't be able to finish the course. Because it's impossible to be saved without his spirit. You're none of his. That's how Paul puts it. And so we realize now, we begin to understand that where our comfort comes from, where our help comes from, and that's the reason he even told Paul about his grace sufficient. And, 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 and here's the real key to some of this. Sometimes we have, and I believe Job taught us this. The real key of living for God is I'm going to walk down some of the same trails and same journeys as all the unbelievers and all those that's full of this and full of that. But you know what? I'm going to walk down it different. I'm going to have a different attitude. I'm going to have a different spirit because this one called Jesus Christ that came the Lamb upon this earth that knew no sin and conquered the law of sin. Amen. Through him now as I begin to listen to his sermon in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 and it's the attitudes which simply means having a good attitude. Amen. When I really begin to apply that to my heart. Amen. That becomes a part of my actions and my response. Hallelujah. Because it's the response that's out of the heart that makes all the difference in the world. But when the heart has been changed and is when it's written on the heart and that's what controls our actions. That's what controls our tongue. That's what controls our response to life and circumstances and situations. That's the reason the church don't respond to things in this world like the world responds to it. Amen. Because there's something written on the table of the heart. Amen. That'll help us and guide us and lead us. And I'm telling you, it's experiencing the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And without it, you and I cannot, will not, will not ever be able to bear the fruits. That's the difference between the works of the flesh and the fruits of the Holy Ghost. So, the heart, the heart. And he talked about this couple as they come back home finally. Amen. All of a sudden, that wasn't home. I often think about one of my good friends, Brother Wade Townley. <laughs> First started pastoring, he was assisting Brother Floyd Odom up in Hattiesburg. And, and uh, if, he'd have, if he'd have told me then, man, he'd have wind up in Maine. I said, ain't no way under the sun, brother. <laughs> Amen. You're talking about a country boy and getting out and feeding old hogs and all this other old stuff and 
<laughs> they ain't no man, man. You're going to be a fish out of water. But guess where he's at? <laughs> Amen. All the way up in Maine. Amen. I want you to come preach for him. We'll see one day. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. My daughter wants to go. She wants us to go. She thinks it's a family invitation. <laughs> But anyway, just to give you an idea, I thought about him when I read that connection. I started to call him and said, hey, man, they got you in our lesson. <laughs> Praise God. But anyway, so as we start watching the, and he comes back, and here's the tie-in to last week's lesson, the Feast of Pentecost. Remember, God, God designed and set up, amen, because God wanted fellowship. If you notice how God works, work with Israel, especially through Moses. And he started with the sanctuary. He started with the tabernacle, the place. He wanted to come and take up a bowl, and the tabernacle was built. And then from that, we get with the law, the law of Mount Sinai. So, so the Feast of Pentecost, there's two, two things that happens at this Feast of, of, it's also the Feast of Harvest. But not only the Feast of Harvest and the celebration of harvest, that was some of the greatest times. Just like here when certain seasons come in and the abundance of it, man, we rejoice and that prices start getting, you know, cheap and all that, you know. Hallelujah. Somehow if I could flood the market with gas and it was just running out all about his ears. Hallelujah. That price would come down to about, you know, 80 cents a gallon. <laughs> okay. Just give you a little idea of what I'm talking about here. But, but here you're going to see the feast of, of, this is the fourth feast, amen, that would took place or celebration, amen, that Paul gave unto the Israelite people out of this seven. And the first four actually has been fulfilled. The three, amen, is in, in continuation. And that's going to happen in their fullness, amen. But, but we see this one, the feast of Pentecost and the twofold. So what, what is it? What is it about, amen? In this feast, there was the giving of the law. And then the harvest. And here's what I want us to really connect here. It's the receiving of the law out of obedience is what really brings the harvest. You can't just sow any old way and just any old thing and expect the harvest, the things of God. And so I believe God connected these two to help them to realize as they heard the law and about sin. And if you go back in Deuteronomy, he reads about the blessings and how the fields and the home and the families would be blessed. But those that turned from God and gave themselves to other gods and gave themselves over, amen, when they got into the promised land to, to begin to worship, and they failed to tear down their altars and their methods and ways and not to be influenced or drawn by them. You know what? The church should never let the religious world, amen, be dictating to us how to worship. What methods to use. Man, we got the greatest thing there is to guide us and lead us. And that's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. There's certain things we're going to do, you know, even when we get the screen up and we start putting songs up. Amen. I'm going to make it clear to our singers in the middle of that song, God and the Holy Ghost want to change them. We're not, we're not so sold to the, the screen that we can't change a song. No, we can change it if we got it on the computer, put it on the screen or not. Amen. But you know what? I still believe. Hallelujah. You know why I want the screen up for the old songs, not the new ones. songs. We're singing some here. We don't really have a clue. I think they're all do us good to be able to join and connect and plug in. And that's, that's what it's about. 
all getting the same page and one accord, one place, one spirit. That's what creates an atmosphere for God to take up habitation, man, and to work among us. That's the reason we have to crucify our flesh, mortify the deeds of this body, amen, and to come with that attitude and spirit, God, help us. Help us. We want to please you. We want, to, want your, this service. We want this time of gathering together for God's glory and his presence to baptize us and move among us. And so as we watch this unfold, we're going to see, amen, these feasts that unfolded. So this fourth and the Feast of Pentecost. And so he talks about that to a certain. He said God knows our frame and sense. And he wanted to help the Israelites appreciate the many things he had done for them. And he instituted seven annual religious feasts. Amen. This and the Feast of Pentecost. And so we know where our blessings come from, don't we? Who know, who know who keeps us and guides us and leads us and helps us along. He talks about the celebration of the harvest. And, and then it goes on. It talks about the the giving of the law itself, the giving of the law. I want, to, I want to bring a few things out about that, what he wrote here. Pentecost also embraced what the Mosaic law, amen, when it was given. But watch this next. History has testified to this fact. Nations built upon biblical principles have been blessed. Now, drop down a little bit. True believers do not seek, amen, to outmaneuver God's word. True believers don't try to work around the word of God. They don't try to find, well, that's really not what, what it, no, give us the true interpretation. That's what the Holy Ghost leads and guides us into all truth. To the place and point, amen, he prophesied that you won't have to have somebody to tell you to know God. You can know him for yourself. You can know him, amen, within your own heart and mind and experience that there is a God and that he's true and he's a blesser of them that, that seeks him and walks after to him we can know him for ourselves we don't have to wait on a high priest once a year amen and wait on that high priest to come out and see if we we've been good or not and there, there's there's a lot to this it really is men but it's only a personal a personal relationship watch this <laughs> who went up to God and got the table first tables that the laws are written on one man by the name of Moses. They observed and watched him as he went up in the cloud, the mountain. She brought it down before he ever got down, though. Before he ever get back. Not even 40 days they couldn't hold on. But you know all about all that. <laughs> how it unfolded and how it took place. But now God's shifting and he's moving. Not just to, to one nation and one people. God's going to come a day and it's going to come an hour as he works with us. And, and if you watch him, he's, he called out Abram. He's called out the Hebrews. And he, he brings along Israel. And, and as he unfolds all this through Moses and through everything that's taking place now. Amen. He's going to reach a point and a place in life. Amen. It's not just going to be written on the table of stone. But it's going to be written on the tables of the flesh. And now it's not a nation. Amen. That celebrates this day. And it's not a nation. It's called God's people. Amen. But you and I. 
now are called God's people. I can take you to several scriptures, even in the New Testament. Hallelujah. We're not a Jew outwardly, but inwardly. We are a Jew. I've heard people talk about because they're Jews, they're so blessed. I beg the difference. That's true. That's true. But you know what? Just because I'm a Gentile on the outside, doesn't, amen, doesn't keep me from being blessed of God because I'm one on the inside. Amen. This same Jehovah God by the power of his spirit. And now I become his little darling. I become his little children. I can also show you in the Old Testament where strangers that was come in or was bought with price. And when they submitted themselves and yielded themselves unto the instructions of the law and followed the patterns that was left by the Jews, God blessed them just the same. And you watch this and he'll do the same thing for the church. That's the reason the church, even Paul himself said, amen, when he wrote to the Corinthians and others, he didn't want them to come behind in no gift. It's not God's will for anybody in this house to come behind in no gifts. First gift, amen, is a baptism of the Holy Ghost. But there's other gifts and means and ways, amen, to be uh, to edify the kingdom, to build up the kingdom, and to be the church in our community that God's calling us to be. So it all is working now. It's God dealt with the nation. Now it's going to come, instead of dealing with the na- nation, and individuals just such as when he dealt with John the Baptist and Zachariah when he was in the temple and they waited and prayed and patiently waited on him to come out to, to know. And if you watch this, and there's a connection even to the Catholic Church today. When they choose their high priest and different things of that nature, the Pope, amen, they got a certain little thing that sends out white, you know, white or, or dark, and I'm sure it's all man arranged and man. Well, I'm just telling you, it's, it's not of God. How do you know that? Because I got high priests. I got high priests in the heavens. I got high priests, amen, it's interceding all the time. I got high priests that's not locked to this earth. But he conquered death. He conquered the devil. He conquered sin. And here's, here's the key to all of this. Now we got another law. A law in our members that Paul talks about. A law of sin that dominates me. That controls me. When I want to do good there is a law in me that hinders and prevents me. Amen. It works against me. Who's going to deliver me? This old rich man that I am. Jesus Christ. This is the high priest. It's going to intercede. And this is what the Holy Ghost is all about. I don't have to serve sin. I didn't say we was perfect. I didn't say we didn't never make a mistake. I mean, John makes that clear that we sin sometimes even afterwards. Amen. But we got an advocate with the Father. But there is a difference. Amen. In weak times and weak moments. Hallelujah. Coming up short. But you know what? Brother Ford didn't mention it this morning. Amen. When I'm not down, I have to stay there because I know a God that knows where I'm at. And if I'll just lift up my voice, if I'll begin to cry out unto this high priest, why? Because there's something written on my heart now. There's a word, amen, that's forever settled in heaven. It's written on my heart now. There is a name that's above every name and all the power in heaven has been given to this name. And if I'll just confess like the word of God has told me to confess, if I'll pray and have a godly sorrow like the word of God's called me to have, amen, you know what? The blood is activated. It's already been applied through the name of Jesus Christ and baptism in Jesus' name because I died out, amen, and I was put in a grave and then initiated, amen, the blood of Christ and the ups and the power of the Holy Ghost. And now with the power of the blood and the power of the Holy Ghost and the voice of God in my life, I can live an overcoming life and I don't have to be a servant of sin. I don't have to be bound down to sin. I don't have to satisfy the flesh and the carnality. No, there's one on the inside of me that'll guide me, that'll comfort me, that'll help me, that'll secure me, that'll help me along this journey to be victorious. He come to save us from our sins, not in them. He come to make, to make us overcomers and victorious. This is God's will. As we even walk up on this earth and, and walk in this, this world. Again, I'm going to say this again now. That doesn't mean that we're perfect. 
That doesn't mean that we handle every circumstance, every situation. Oh, there's many of them I'd love to step back and redo it. <laughs> handle it just a little different, respond to it a little different maybe. <laughs> but I don't have to be a servant to sin. I don't have to be bound by it. I don't have to let the, the devil himself, a man with, with his means and ways to war against us and keep us. And so now, when, when Jeremiah's writing this and he's talking about what's going to transpire and what's going to take place, now it's going to become a personal thing, a man. And it's going to depend upon, watch this, uh, I thank God for the five-fold ministry. Thank God for pastor and evangelists and prophets and teachers and all that. And we got to have it to edify and to be built up. But I'm here to tell you, and this is where I'm careful. I'm careful, amen, even letting people come to me and confess, amen. Hallelujah. I'm not your priest. I'm your pastor, yes. And I'm going to point you, but I'm going to tell you something. There's only one that can do something about your sins. There's only one that can heal you. And I can't never take his place. Hallelujah. All I can do is lead you to him and pray for you as he anoints us and guides us along the journey. But I'm here to tell you this all-seeing eye, but he's not looking for just a moment, amen, to bash us in the head. But as Brother brother uh, Mark Cody preached her Friday night, hallelujah, and the most fearful thing is what for God to take his hand off of me. How I many, I mean, I often, I've said here, I mean, people that want to say, where's God? Well, why don't you just tell God to take his hands off of you? How often have I told people, amen, why don't you just let me? Because without his hand upon us, none of us don't have a chance. We're not a match against the devil. We're not a match against the spirit of iniquity. I tell you, we're no match for it. Everyone for the blood of Christ and the baptism of the Holy Ghost help us alone this way and God's goodness and grace and mercy every day working in our lives we can't make it but I'm going to tell you something we can't just walk in sin and walk in darkness and just try to confess that we're saved and redeemed and ready to go I'm telling you that's contrary to the word of God when you get the word of God written on your heart the word will convict your heart Hear me this morning, hallelujah. The convicting hand of God. We ought not wait till I get the house of God. I ought not wait. No, no, there's something written on my heart that convicts me the moment I do it. And here's what you and I have got to watch. Because I'm seeing it. After a while. And it starts with the lack of the experience. Okay. After a while, that word won't convict you. You ever been cut? You ever been cut in the same place twice? After a while, a callous. After a while, a numbness. After a while, you won't even. <laughs> the other day, I jobbed a knife in my finger. A few days later, it got infected. I brought it to my wife and said, hey, look, I think this thing got infected. She said, good gracious. She took a needle, and she was just kind of just playing with it. I said, yeah, but I can't feel none of that, and I couldn't. All I could feel was a pull, a pull. I said, you'll know when you get there. <laughs> sure enough, she finally stuck it. <laughs> Here it come. But you know what? Hey, man, I'd rather be pricked by this. And I'm telling you this morning, that's the reason you've got to have a personal time with God. And you've got to have a personal love for this. And even when he pricks you, I promise you he won't destroy you. And I don't know really what all we've done except we've done that. And she put a little stuff on it. And, hey, and he just, it's just healed up. 
all the infection, all that. I guess we mashed it all out or whatever. <laughs> it's something about the Word of God. You know why I preach? Because there's something inside that's got to come out. And as long as you leave it there, it's going to infect you. Amen. And you're going to reach a point of praise here this morning. Hallelujah. But thank God for the Word of God. Thank God for the house of God. Thank God for brothers and sisters that help us along this journey. I'd rather be pricked. Amen. And let it get out and get the infection out of my system and get the infection out of my spirit. It goes further, amen, than just the fleshly part. But I want the infection out of my spirit. I want the infection out of my mind. I'm praying for a sound mind. I'm praying for a healthy mind. You know why there's so many corrupt minds in the religious world today? Because they have experienced God. They haven't got the written of the word of God on their hearts. And they're beguiling and misleading people. There's an infection got a hold of this nation as a religion and it's showing up <laughs> that's it's so important for you and I now to make sure we have it written on our hearts and in our minds and in our spirit and we believe it and we wouldn't excuse our actions I think that's one of the worst things we can do <laughs> and I'm not to condemn nobody because I'll be honest with you it's been a lot of times I, I, I tell folks and I tell myself, I don't know if I'd have done any better. Maybe not done as good. But at the same time, if it's wrong and conviction hits me, there's one, there's no greater example. Come on, the Word of God taught us this. Paul should say, hey man, you didn't, you didn't baptize in Paul's name. You didn't baptize in Apollos. Notice the two he uses. But it's in Jesus Christ. He's the one that paid the price. He's the one, a man that can help us. He's the one, a man that can reach in there and cut the callousness away and rewrite the word of God and the power of it to flow out of us. And, and, and there's the action of the word of God. It's our actions. How do you know that Abraham heard the word of God? Because he got up and began to make his way. How do you know that Noah heard the word of God and believed God even though it never rained? Because he started building an ark and he was willing to work on it for 120 years. Being a preacher of righteousness, preaching nothing else but judgment's coming. Judgment coming, rain's coming. Hallelujah. But God, I'm building an ark. I'm building an ark. Amen. I'm telling you, it didn't stir up the world. But I'm telling you, that moment when, when rain started and thunder started and clouds began to roll in and the earth began to open up and waters began to bust out. Hallelujah. All of a sudden they realized that old man wasn't so crazy after all. That old man went off his rocker. Hallelujah. But now, hallelujah. But you know what? I don't want to wait one day too late. Now's the time, amen, to get right. And now's the time to stay right. Now's the time to draw closer. I tell you, draw me nearer. Draw me nearer, God. Draw me nearer into your presence. Draw me nearer into your will. Help me, God, to have the heart of Christ. Help me have the mind of Christ. Help me have the spirit of Christ. This is what's going to get me out of here. This is what's going to bring me out on the other side. This is what opened up my heart, my mind, and spirit for the right of the word of God and the power thereof there's nothing more powerful than the word of God the word of God that will operate in our lives and operate in our hearts and in our spirit I got, I got, I got a, lot of, a lot of scriptures here so what's so important is the inward it's the inward it's the inward man it's the inward part of the man. 
Romans 2 and 29, Paul's writings to the Romans says. But he is a Jew which is one inwardly. And circumcision is that of the heart. Catch that. This is what baptism is all about. Man, the circumcision of the heart cutting away. In the spirit and not in the letter. Whose praise is not of men but of God. Another place Paul writes about it. He, he, he lets them know. He said, you know what? The only church some people's ever going to see basically is you and I. He said, your letters, your spiritual letters, read and known of all men. That's so powerful that later on another, another letter he talks about writing about the conversation of a wife. How that she can, can persuade her husband because of her chest and, 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 and willingness to humble and submit herself. Putting on the, an ornament of meekness and quietness. We don't adorn ourselves with silver and gold and flashy and things that impress people like that. No, but we, we put on the ornaments of a meek and quiet spirit. We put on a, there's a power and a, and a reservoir in us out of the Holy Ghost and the power thereof. And that's the way we respond to things. The way we handle circumstances and situations. Hallelujah. That everybody around knows, hey, they got somebody, that, they got something there. They, 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 there's something inside of that vessel. Amen. Out of our belly shall for what? Rivers of living waters. Hallelujah. And you know what? When it wins a real test of waters and rivers of living waters, it's in desolate times. It's in wilderness times. It's in desert times. I'm telling you, the stage is also being set as much as of drawing away. The stage is also being set for revival. But it depends upon you and I as individuals. I'm making sure that the Word of God's been written on the hearts by the Spirit. And it's able to flow out of our lives. It's able to flow out of our conversations. It's able to flow out of us on a daily basis. We believe God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If it was sin 50 years ago, it's still sin. Still unpleasing to God. And that's what this will do for us. It'll bring us back. It's already been mentioned this morning to some old landmarks. To some old pouring out of God. I mentioned this to Brother Brendan Ferguson, Brother Josh, and those that's uh, part of Bishop Odom's the Renaissance. And uh, he mentioned something about James, the high brother of Jesus, the bishop of Jerusalem. He was known by history, Campbell Knees. Campbell Knees. They said there was such a callus covering his knees about like this and such a thickness from where he had spent hours rocking seeking the mind of God the face of God and the will of God that they called him callous knees I will never forget this one thing that my mother told me this has been years ago her and Harold went amen to Israel they went to the wailing wall and there the instructor the guide there as they watched them at that wailing wall some were just standing. Some were just, you know, maybe swaying a little bit. But they would do, they would bring and write their requests down, and they would shove them into the cracks of that old wailing wall. But the guide told him, said, but you see those that's rocking. He said, the more they put into it, and weeping and crying and screaming, 
said, the greater the need they have for God to move. Our world's being designed and set up and it's been coming a long time. Man, to show respect to the house of God, don't lift up your voice. Don't let nobody wiggle. Don't let nobody do that. Do. And everything it can to silence the church and let it just be quiet. And when right, the opposite ought to be taking place. When we come in this place, amen, in one mind, one accord, doing things decent in order by all means, by led by the Holy Ghost, amen. But we would begin to wail and cry and lift up our voices and lift up our hearts. Why? Because we know who's our maker. We know who's the one that can heal us and help us and, and give us the strength and energy that we need. Hallelujah. Another place I heard a man talk about it a few days ago, just happened to catch it on the radio. And he was talking about the anointing. And another uh, definition of that anointing actually means to give energy. Amen. 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 Endowed with the power of God. That's what the word of God by the Spirit, by the Spirit, has just written on the table of our heart. Hallelujah. Amen. This is what the passion that flows out of us. This is the love that will flow out of us. This is the long suffering and the gentleness and the kindness that will flow out of us. When everybody else will mark them off, when everybody else says there's no need hallelujah you know if you go back and read that connection of that heart they was already telling him you're going to a place amen that you can't build churches you're going to a place they don't love God they don't care nothing about God but guess what he went anyway amen he went anyway and by God's help and God's anointing and because he was in the will of God and responded to the call of God I'm telling you when you're walking in God's will and you're walking in God's purpose and it's about him and not us because it's really not about us it's about Jesus it's about going to heaven it's about being who God was this is what we need written on the tables of a heart I'll tell you what I'd like for us to do this morning I know the time's slipping away it's the inward parts that are so important it's the part that everybody can't see the part of the scriptures about the fruit of the tree is true for all of us we're never exempt from that I know there's some that has taught us that once saved, always saved, but that's, it's not true. It's, it's not in the Bible. If that be the case, why? Why would Paul go and visit the churches? And if they could be beguiled? Why does he talk about the brother that goes and, and, and witnesses and testifies with the spirit of meekness and gains his brother back that got called up in the spirit of error? And as we will see time unfolding and the hour pushing on us, this is more real than it's ever been. Amen. Of, of, of what we're observing and seeing unfold. This community, this county, this state, the nation needs a church more than she's ever needed it. She needs a church that's made up in her mind. It's made up in her heart and her spirit. I want to be a child of God. It's not about glamour. It's not about money. In one sense, it's not even about numbers. In one sense. Because we're not going to compromise to get numbers. We're not going to broaden it up to get numbers in. Some people, some cities just, they move their, <laughs> they move their city limits because of certain businesses. Have, have quit preaching some things. Amen. 
And begin to broaden up some things because they want certain individuals to be the tithe payer. Amen. And be a part of their assemblies because of their money. I'm here to tell you this morning, the love of money is still the root of all evil. We can't have a love of money. Amen. That we're willing to do whatever it takes. Amen. To do that which not to up upright and pleasing God. Hey, I'm finding out some things in the last few weeks. This is one that will shock you. Brother Brennan, we experienced it just this week. Been searching about getting a sign coming and getting it all done. And so I, we told him to start with, you know, tax exempt. See, so we got a tax number. Okay, Stuart Signs sends back to me and said, Look, my team above me says we've got to have some kind of paperwork to prove that. Said so we got altered here a while back and said our paperwork wasn't right and all this wasn't right. And so, you know, we couldn't do it. So I called my CPA. I get a hold of him. He says in Louisiana, he said, you're not taxed exempt with that. He said, but let me check with Mississippi. So he checks in Mississippi. He sends me a letter. Amen. It blow your mind how much of the church is not exempt. So when I talked to him again, he said, here's what's happening. He said, a lot of places, he said, if they bless you with it, if they just do it, he said, but I'm telling you, he said, most of them's wrong. He said, and they don't never catch them until they get audited and then they're caught. But you know what? I'm not asking for it. If I'm not tax exempt, I'm not tax exempt. I'd rather pay the 500 and something dollar taxes and stay right with God. I'm not worried about Uncle Sam. I'm worried about God. That's the reason I wouldn't let the county bring dirt and put under that fellowship, Paul. I don't want the county's money under that fellowship, Paul. We got the money. God's got the money, and we're going to do it right. Hallelujah. It's not a time to compromise. It's not a time to let the love of money and money dictate what we're going to do and what we're not going to do. Hallelujah. And I told some of them that very day. I said, you know what? That five million may not be as far off as some of us might think. Amen. To get this done. Hallelujah. Because you know what? I'm not looking to be tax exempt and I'm not looking for an easy road. But I tell you what, if God's in it, God has supplied the needs and he'll make a way. He's God. He knows how to do it. But our spirit's got to stay right. You know why? Because if my heart don't stay right, God can't show up. God can't walk in this place and he can't manifest himself. God's not going to, I'm going to preach on this a little bit tonight. God's not just going to show up anywhere and God's not going to just show up anytime. But I'm telling you, for him to take up habitation, he's got to put his approval on. And he don't put his approval on messes. And he don't put his approval on sin. Hallelujah. Man, amen, can paint it up and man can lie about it. But I'm not interested in that. I want to see bodies healed. I want to see souls delivered. I want to experience, amen, the power and the love of God and walk in the liberty of the Holy Ghost. Because money can't buy this. Positions can't attain this. But I'm telling you, there's a walk with God that takes out the fear of death, that takes out the fear of sacrifice, that takes out the fear of Amen. I'm willing to pay the price. I'm willing to pay the price. You know why? It's the inward man that got changed. It's the inward man that got changed. As we stand here this morning, I know my times. Galatians 6 and 14, but God forbid that I should glory. Save it in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me. And I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. We're new. We're new. <laughs> Lust, we used to walk in, we don't walk there now. The things that dominated us and controlled us and pulled and had such an influence. Praise God. 
Praise God. Hebrews, I'm just going to touch a couple. For this is a covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. Watch this. It goes all the way back what Jeremiah wrote. The Hebrew writer brings it up. In fact, if you go back to Hebrews 7, 8, and 9, it does a beautiful job talking about all this, unfolding this. It talks about the earthly tabernacle. But now, you and I, we enter into a heavenly tabernacle through our Lord Jesus Christ. That's the reason you and I can believe in the miraculous. That's the reason we can believe in the supernatural. Because there is one that's interceding for us now. Amen. And working on our behalf. And this is, this is what's where our focus, this is where our heartbeat's got to be. Amen. To present these bodies and to give ourselves. Amen. Why? There's something on my heart now. Amen. Amen. I, I, I just don't care to, I don't want to deviate. I don't want to, I don't like that at all. Hey, I, I'm, 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 can I just be honest with you? I, I'm going to be careful about joking about stuff. Because sometimes joking, when you get down to it, you lied. Don't take that wrong. Don't be, there's nothing wrong with a merry heart and things like that. But I'm telling you, you got you to remember, you got an adversary. You got one that's trying his best to do. Watch, watch this. What's he trying to callous? When somebody's unmoved, what do you say about them? What is the greatest struggle that we have as a church today about singing? What have you heard so much about in the last few weeks about the shooting in Texas? Don't become numb to this. Because how often it's happening and all, and not to do anything. It's the heart. It's the heart. It's really about the heart. What I'd like for us to do this morning, if you would just come, and we just, we're going to ask God to touch us and to, to help us. He wants to help us. I believe, I thank God. I'd be in a mess, folks. I'm going to tell you right now. As your pastor, I'd be a total mess if it wasn't for the help of the Lord. His goodness and grace. He wants us to win. He wants us to be victorious. I don't care where you've been. This is not about all that. This is about a God that wants to make us victorious. This is about a God that wants to work on each. Now watch this. And I know I didn't get to focus on that a lot. Amen. But, but, but when it was given, uh, the, the Feast of Tabernacle was given, amen, it was to a nation. But now, amen, the New Testament, it becomes an individual and a personal heart of keeping the law. It doesn't matter what Mary's doing or what Joe's doing. I've got an obligation. I've got a responsibility of keeping what's written on the tables of my heart. It doesn't matter what it seems like they're getting by with up the road and what they're getting by with down the road and how much revival they got and how many souls they supposedly win. There isn't still that obligation, a personal obligation of keeping it. Our hearts, our heart written on the table. So I want us just as if we have come together praying. Gonna pray for, for gonna pray for us, gonna pray for the church, gonna pray for our community. How many of you want to be a light to your community? Wanna win souls, wanna help people? Man, that's a that's a battle, that's a struggle. But you know what? With God's help. God's help, and he's here to help us. Amen. Scripture made it plain. He didn't leave us comfortless. We got what they're all looking for. They want something or someone, a presence to help them with life.
This is it. So would you join me this morning in prayer and asking God to help us. Lord, we love you this morning and appreciate you so much. We ask that your presence would move upon our hearts, our minds, and our spirits here today. God, we want to present these vessels unto you. We want the writings of your word and your heartbeat and will to be upon our hearts, our minds, and our spirit. I will lift up my brothers and sisters this morning in prayer. That the perfect will of God can be perfected in their hearts, their minds, and their soul. Your call and election upon each and every one of us. We would commit ourselves. We would rededicate ourselves here this morning. Unto the touch of God. Unto the touch of your word. Unto the experience of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. We would let it, God, leave us. But oh, how it would stir us. Moving and stirring us even on this Sunday morning, Lord. You would hear our voice. You would hear our heartbeat. And God, with earnestness and with sincerity in our hearts our minds and our spirit we're praying for revival we're praying for the will of the Lord we're praying for the baptism of the Holy Ghost we're praying for souls to be born and bodies to be healed we're praying God for the living hand to work among us and through us we're praying for our enemies we're praying for our community our county our state our nation and our world we're praying for our neighboring pastors and God their churches would have revival they'd be mighty moves of God we pray they would have no jealousy no envy no strive no bitterness We'd preach Lord to one another. We'd uplift one another. We would we lift up the singers. We'd lift up the Sunday school department. We lift up all the departments, God. We want to be blessed. We want to be united together. We want to be bonded together. We want to be the army that you want us to be, God, and accomplish and achieve that you set before us. And God, the only way we can do that is you as you have written your word and your law upon our hearts, our minds, and our spirit to make us victorious, to make us overcomers, to walk in the newness and the new creation. We'd walk in it day in and day out. We purpose it in our hearts, our minds, and our spirit. We may be of this world, amen, God, or in this world, but we're not of this world. Neither we let the spirit of this world dominate us or rule us, but we humble ourselves unto your touch and to your will, giving you the glory, giving you the glory, giving you the glory in this house this morning. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Lord, hear the heartbeat of every vessel in this place this morning. Touch us, guide, and lead us under the pace that you'd have us to go. In in that precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray today in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Praise God. Love you today. Appreciate you so much. Amen. We're going to do a, have a special prayer tonight. Brother Randy, Sister Debbie will be leaving tomorrow. And we're going to have a special prayer for them tonight. And God's hand would be with them and bless them. We know he has already. But uh, I believe even more so. Amen. So if you just have that on your mind this afternoon and pray, man, a good visitation, a manifestation of God's hand upon that. Praise God. Others, it's here. Amen. Let's remember Brother Joe. Amen. God would touch him. Brother Joe Spice, he just couldn't quite up, able to come this morning, having some swelling problem. But let's pray for him. God's brought him this far. I believe God wants to fill him with the Holy Ghost. Man, to get him ready. Amen. Who knows? He could raise him up and give him 10 more years or 20 more years. God's, God's the master of all that. He's the author. And we know he can. So we're going to be bombarding heaven, praying for him. Others in our community, love and appreciate you. Remember the Summer All family, uh, Mr. Ellis Ray uh, funeral. I think it's Tuesday at 11, uh, the wake from 11 to 12, and at moments, and the funeral's at 12. For anyone that might like to go be a part of that, okay? 
All right. Love you. Appreciate you. Let, let me also, I need everybody's going to youth camp, both the kids and the youth. I need to know. So get with your children. I need to know tonight so we can get a check wrote. Okay? All right. God bless you.